0: Cara. And I'm Austin. And we're a married couple. And we are here to lovingly snark on Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas lineup for the 2022 season.
1: And we are very excited today mm-hmm. to talk about this particular premiere,
0: which was "Haul Out the Holly, which is the Lacey Chabert Thanksgiving week premiere. Yes. And it is a comedy and we are very excited to talk about
1: it. But first we do need to go over our week five review for all of the movies that came up in the weekend prior we have five tiers we have snooze fest which is the worst um then we have bad but snarkable middle tier is watchable then one step above that is watchable on purpose and finally the top tier is annoyingly good
0: right so the week prior to thanksgiving which was the november 18th through 20th we had inventing the christmas prince which was our friday night movie where would we rank that one tara
1: so this movie is a movie about a, a book that is written about a prince or like a story that she's telling yeah. her daughter about a prince. And then the little girl sees this man. She's like, that's the
0: prince. Because he has this like little reindeer kiss.
1: Right. And birthmark. he's like got the yeah the little scar or birthmark or whatever on his hand. And the mom is like, oh, uh, no, that's my boss. And he's definitely not the prince who's going to whisk a princess away. But he plays along and they kind of go on this whole journey of him pretending to be the prince. And it was it was the Tamara
0: Mowry Mm -hmm. movie. It was cute. It was
1: watchable would be where I would put that.
0: Yeah, it was watchable. Definitely had some like snarky moments. Not my favorite of hers that we've seen. I do love STEM representation. Right, she was, was like a good women in STEM moment and exactly. black women in STEM. Mm-hmm. Always good. Um, but yeah, the, the story just kind of fell a little bit for me. So I, I would squarely put this in the watchable category.
1: And, you know, we don't really do full star- smart- sparks and snarks for these movies, but I will say the big ending snark there was they've clearly lied to this child through the entire movie. and Convinced
0: um, her that he is a Christmas he prince. He is, in
1: fact, a Christmas prince, and how are they going to
0: untangle that or tell her that that is not true? Or he's going to just have to commit to that for the rest of his life. Right. We're not sure. We have a lot of questions. Um, So then we moved to our Saturday Countdown to Christmas movie, which was Three Wise Men and a Baby. Which we've already podcasted
1: on, so you are welcome to go and listen to that to see our full thoughts on this movie.
0: But where we ended up ranking this one was Watchable on Purpose. It was almost annoyingly good, but the feminists in us said, no. We can't give you that one.
1: We feel like the rest of Hallmark Landia would probably say this was annoyingly good. Yeah. It was, if you turned off your brain, really funny and entertaining to watch. But we keep our brains on all the time. So it's very hard. And our particular <laughs> brains had to knock it down.
0: Um, and then that leaves us with our Sunday Countdown to Christmas movie, which was When I Think of Christmas. Which I feel like I don't I've, think of this movie. I've already forgotten
1: <laughs> most of what this movie was about. I know that it we when we watched it, we said it was bad but snarkable.
0: Yeah. And I could tell from the movie poster, which was one of the worst of the season. It
1: was just low budget looking. Yeah, it
0: was like clip art almost. Like, oh look, I didn't even get the Canva premium package for this. And I put it together. I may be being a little harsh. Somebody was not putting their their high <laughs> effort into this
1: film across the board. Yeah. So, so it was about they were putting together like a concert or something for yeah. Christmas in the town. She was coming back home and they had had a previous relationship in high school and were rekindling that because there was some misunderstanding when mm-hmm. they broke up. They were they were working together as musicians. In but the it was, past.
0: It was and, a it was a snarkable movie for sure. There, yeah,
1: there was a lot of snarkability in its badness.
0: Um, and then with our Movies and Mysteries Saturday premiere, we had Long Lost Christmas. Sigh. <laughs> and you know, most of Movies and Mysteries fall into this category for us, which is Snooze Fest. And mm-hmm. it's not just because of the time slot. It's just because like they're not the kind of Christmas movies we enjoy. Right. Well, there's a reason these
1: movies, when you're thinking about how Hallmark is selecting what goes on each channel... And they're looking at scripts and they're picking actors. They know this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know those movies are slower. They know those movies don't hold as captive an audience. And, you know, it, it's not completely random that they are snooze fests. But yeah. I think we can pretty collectively say this season
0: It just can felt skip like it,
1: most it, everything it, on that channel. Yeah, it's
0: just a tired trope. It was like, oh, my father lives here and I'm going to go and see him, but I'm not going to tell him that he's my father. Like, it was just, no.
1: And I felt like when we were sitting here trying to kind of review these movies to prepare for this podcast, I was like, we watched this movie. And Austin's like, no, we didn't. And I was like, yes, we
0: did. I swore up and down. I was like, I bet money, uh, uh, not real money because it's our money, but I was just like, no, we didn't. I swear we never watched this. And then I went back and was like, oh my god, we watched this whole thing.
1: And even when I was then thinking about it, I was like, well, maybe I'm the one that's remembering a different <laughs> movie because the basic plots, because it sounds like an amalgamation of all like six different plot points from other movies that we've seen this season. So. Exactly.
0: So that's our week five wrap up. But now, uh, and if you want to see all of our rankings, uh, we put those on our Instagram story, highlight reels, as well as on our website. So watch along with us, know which ones to avoid. And um, let's get to the fun stuff, which is talking about Lacey Chabert hauling out some Holly. Woo woo!
1: So our movie this week that we decided to talk about was "Haul Out the Holly, which is the Lacey Chabert and Wes Brown comedy. And Austin, before we even get into the summary of this, I did look up when I was researching this, Lacey Chabert said she's done 11 movies for Hallmark. This is her first actual rom-com. The others have all been romances.
0: And I got to tell you, it paid off. Yeah. I mean, I... I have not been a fan of Lacey in the Hallmark movies that she's been in. They've all just kind of felt underwhelming. And we're going to get into this as we talk about our sparks and snarks. But spoiler alert, I was delighted that they gave her a comedic opportunity. Yes. So, all
1: right. So, what was this movie about? Um, According to Hallmark.
0: According to Hallmark. So Lacey Chabert, her character's name is Emily. So when Emily unexpectedly spends the holidays alone at her parents' house, their HOA insists that she participate in its many Christmas festivities. And that's all they gave us.
1: So haul Out the Holly is the story of Emily, who has grown up in a very Christmas-tastic household. It is a household where her parents are the mem- members of the HOA, and the HOA is very intense about their Christmas celebrations, and they are pretty much in charge of that. So, so much so that we open seeing Emily at her Christmas tree as a little girl opening or wanting to open her Christmas gifts on Christmas morning, but her parents say, no, no. You know, we have to go to the Christmas carnival this morning and Emily gets to open one gift, which is a camera so she can take pictures at the carnival and then they're off. On the way out the door, she sees her childhood friend Jared They are, you know, exchange some words and they go on their way. So this is a very intense Christmas household and not quite sure why the neighborhood is doing a Christmas carnival on Christmas morning, but that's the life that they live here. Flash forward to the future, we see Emily in the current day. She is a workaholic. She's planning to work through the holidays, as she apparently typically does. She gets a call from her parents, and after breaking up with her boyfriend, who is named Dan, and he is like objectively one of the worst Hallmark boyfriends we have ever seen, so good riddance to Dan, she decides to go home to spend the holiday with her parents for the first time in a long time. When she gets there, though, her parents have decided to take down all of the Christmas decorations and ship off to Florida to go house hunting for the holidays, leaving Emily to hold down the fort at the house by herself for the holidays, much to her surprise. And apparently that means stepping into her parents' place to run all of these Christmas activities for the HOA. And this is this is mandatory. Apparently it's somewhere in the HOA bylaws that this has to happen as she learns when Jared, who is her childhood friend, played by Wes Brown, shows up at her door and he is the HOA president and he is telling her all of these rules. Number one being that she has to redecorate her house because it's no longer decorated. She's got go to go the Christmas tree lighting. She has to participate in a cookie making contest and a snowman building contest with the worst foam snowman that we've ever seen in our lives. And she has to Participate, lead, work with the community, work with the town. And things seem a little bit off in all of this. Um, there's a couple of moments where it seems like this may be, I don't know, this neighborhood association is a little bit creepy and there's a lot of kooky neighbors involved in the neighborhood. As Jared and Emily spend more time together. They get to know each other better as the adults that they are now. They share some cocoa. They share some laughs. They share some romantic eye gazes. And we get to the end of the movie, and it is Christmas morning, and we're running off to do the carnival um, where Jared does get to play Santa because he thought that he didn't get to play Santa, but he does, in fact, get to play Santa. And there is a gift for Emily under the tree. It is a tiny box. And inside of that tiny box is, in fact, the keys to her house, her parents show up and they tell her Emily this has all been to prepare you to take over this house you have the house we want you to move in and you to take over all of the Christmas festivities so she gets a key and as she's processing all of this she gets a kiss from sweet Jared on her porch as she realizes that this is in fact the life that she wants to lead and they lived happily ever after the end so we're going to get into our sparks and snarks for this movie, but before we do that, we also want to say that um, this movie, when we were talking about how we wanted to structure this,
0: is a little bit different. Right, because the reality is, so many of things that we would consider snarkable were done on purpose. Because this which, movie is very funny. It's a funny movie, and it it worked really well. And it was it's a it's a meta ness of like when you intentionally write in terrible one-liners when you intentionally write in weird and funny plot points then there there's an active choice being made and you're going to get credit for that so we're going to do our true sparks and then we're going to go into what we're going to call our sparky snarks which is things we love but are snarkable and then we'll get into the things that were weird and actually snarkable, like our actual criticisms <laughs> of the movie um so Tara, what was, like, one of your big sparks? Because mine's, like, the whole rom-com vibe of this. Right.
1: It's that this is actually a funny movie. And, of course, you always have to take us saying that with we've been in the Hallmark vacuum. So if you put this on a movie screen and had me pay $15 to go see it in a theater, would I say that it was good? I don't actually know. But compared to other Hallmark movies, this was hilarious. I
0: mean, if you only asked me to pay $5, then, yeah, (laughs) like
1: but Lacey Chabert, you know, <laughs> she's been a lead actress in other, I mean, Mean Girls, right? Like mm-hmm. that is a big level, like top tier quotable movie. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that side of Lacey Chabert come out in this movie and they built the movie around that. I
0: right. And I feel like, thank goodness, Candace Cameron Bure isn't here anymore. So they gave her this opportunity to really be in this headliner, silly Christmas movie. And I think the thing is, it's like, for me, the right balance of a good Christmas movie is you've got the general Christmas vibes, right? You've got And the, the Christmas snow. is there for a reason. It's not right. a tack it's on. It's not just a background, but it's like you have snow. And if it's a Christmas movie, there has to be Christmas elements moving some of the plot and timeline components. Right. But I think what makes it great is when it can be funny. Like yes. some of our favorite like terrible Christmas movies are like Snow Globe and The Twelve Dates of Christmas – and it's because they are silly. Yeah. And this goes, this is silly,
1: but I think the writing is really good. Mm-hmm. So the one-liners and the dialogue and the, like, you can see it in the writing. And then when you add in the other thing that I think was wonderful about this movie, which is the acting. Mm-hmm. we You know, you have Lacey Chabert, who I think is better than Candace Cameron. And it's not just because... Of whatever I feel about Candy no, Cam. I think Candy she's just
0: generally more of a talented actress. Yeah,
1: I mean, think about it. Candace Cameron has been mostly on TV. And Lacey Chabert has done a lot of movie type things. And she's been on a lot of different types mm-hmm. of things. And you could see, I think, here, I like her better.
0: And the chemistry between her and Wes Brown was quite good. It was actually believable. And I like believable. Wes Brown. Yeah. Wes Brown being a silly like bit character worked tremendously well. He played
1: nerdy HOA guy quite well. And then the the other layer then within the acting is you not only have two great leads, but the supporting actors and actresses like particularly Miss Melissa Peterman and
0: Stephen Tobolowsky, who is so funny. Like, and not only were they funny, they the both of them are such strong like character actors in comedies and they both are strong character actors in comedies that we have both
1: loved we love reba which is oh my where God, we know I Melissa peterman from and i love one of my favorite shows of all time is one day at a time mm-hmm. where steven tobolowski plays the doctor
0: friend yeah. and he's just so good oh they are such a delight in this and movie and what i think why i think we're loving this movie so much right is A lot, like, for example, Lights, Camera, Christmas, which had good writing and had good acting, but it had that middle act drag. This one didn't because it allowed softer moments between the side characters to occur. It allowed comedy. It allowed it to be more ensemble Mm -hmm. to carry it during that middle kind of like, oh, my God, now we just have to deal with the relationship.
1: Well, because we don't often see Hallmark have a budget for... These kind, mm-hmm. this many good actors. I think that's right. what it is. Is you usually have one or two personalities carrying a movie, and here we had at least three solid personalities carrying mm-hmm. it. And then uh, the other actor, like Wes Brown, is good. The parents, you know, the other
0: characters too. So, right. And it's like there were moments where they were playing charades. You, uh, there was something you said while we were watching this one that really resonated with me, which is we don't often get to see our romantic leads make each other like laugh genuinely mm-hmm. and they gave those moments. We got to see them building a different kind of relational intimacy that made it believable. And you could see that in these like little moments that they would get, that they would let the camera kind of keep rolling for a little bit longer than they normally would.
1: Yeah. I think it was the most laughter I've seen between leads. You you see those moments. There's a certain point of the movie, usually around the fifty minute mark when we're watching these live where they start strolling and like having a deeper conversation about something. Maybe they smile at each other or they have an almost kiss, but you don't see a lot of actual laughter. Mm -hmm. Like you might see like, oh, you went up on the stage and you did something and it was cute. So I giggled. But this was like they were laughing together with each other in a shared, candid moment, which was delightful.
0: Agreed. I also... Um, really enjoyed the Notting Hill reference that happened when West Brown's character wanted to play Santa Claus really bad. And Emily, um, Lacey Chabert's character was like, Oh, I didn't realize he would want to play Santa. So she goes to his door and is like, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to play Santa Claus. And <laughs> it made me laugh.
1: Yeah. Th- there were a couple of moments here um, that were, you know, before we get into the sparky snarks that were kind of self-referential for Hallmark in general. That I really liked. So, you know, they made a Notting Hill reference, but they also made references to other Hallmark movies. Like at one point, she's watching Christmas in Vienna and she's like, I love the actor in this movie. And it's like she played in a movie with that actor. At first, we were like, oh, is she in Christmas in Vienna? No, No. it wasn't one of her. That would have been hilarious.
0: Yeah, but it was it was the first time because like normally you see that on Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, I'm going to just watch some Netflix now. It was the first time I've seen a Hallmark movie show up in this way on the screen. It was really funny. And there were a lot of other cute meta moments that they did. Um, Things like the Christmas tree lighting.
1: Right. We always have the question of why are they lighting these Christmas trees like one or two weeks from Christmas Day when The time of year we're in right now, you know, around Thanksgiving or even early November is when most towns actually do Christmas tree lightings. But for a Hallmark movie timeline, that's too soon. Right. So you either have to just like ignore that or you have to explain why we're doing the Christmas tree lighting one week before Christmas. Right.
0: And they were basically like, it was just too hard to get everyone's schedule coordinated because there's just so many people. And then when they go to light it. It doesn't work. Which it's not, the, you know, it, that's
1: the whole thing. And it was funny, to, it, you know, again, with the comedy, like, oh, no, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. So that that hit pretty well for me.
0: Um, I think that uh, the other actor, I don't know the, the, the daughter's name, but I know her character's name, which is Jessica, mm-hmm. was probably one of my favorite child actors and, like, she use of a child.
1: Funny. She was yeah.
0: She had good comedic timing and just, like, how she, like knew how to suss out whether or not a relationship was happening or not. Like someone was like, have they held hands? Because that's an indicator. Cause then she gives this whole like little anecdotal story of how there was these kids at school secretly holding hands, but everyone knew that they were together. And I was just like, this is funny.
1: And she was so sassy and playing her little role to be like, so y'all are getting together. Right. Cause that, that is a question we had throughout this movie. And we'll talk about that more as we get into this. Um, you know, is the town playing a role in getting these two together? Mm-hmm. Because like there's one particular moment where they're working on setting up the lights at the house and you see Wes Brown and Lacey Chabert standing there and then the whole rest of the town or the, the community – runs away and leaves them alone. So clearly they're up to some they're stuff. They're conspiring. And my question is is this little girl in on it too? Like how how planned is it? How in on it? I mean, it and is maybe everybody? that's why
0: the tree lighting was so terribly right, right. late. They, they were it to be working. Bad on purpose.
1: <laughs> or maybe they all knew the tree had already been lit since November. They just needed Lacey Chabert to be there for the lighting. It was all orchestrated.
0: <laughs> we'll never know. The we'll movie never doesn't know. explain that. And I think this is where things start to go into like the Sparky Snark Sparky category. Snarks. And so sparky snarks are things that are snarkable, but they were funny and on purpose. At least we're giving them credit for that, right? Um, So I think that one of my favorite sparky snarks is the white elephant gift.
1: That, yes, yes, yes. We're already going there. Yes.
0: (laughs) So, and then we can go wherever you want, but they have a white elephant gift exchange party and it's like the, the level of gifts is like a beer hat or uh, what were some of the other terrible gifts in it?
1: Oh, I wrote them down. White uh, earmuffs, like some earmuffs. Right. For Just like so,
0: so like clearly like five and below,
1: maybe 20 and below, depending on what I'm you're talking shopping, about but...
0: the store, five and below, like oh. that quality <laughs> of gift.
1: Yeah, definitely what you would expect to see, like right. humorous gifts, dollar store
0: gifts and this taller, scene... target dollar stuff. And this scene gets a little bit of airtime. And one of the gifts is a ninja speedy. Which I had to look up. I was like,
1: maybe those are less expensive than I thought. No, it is $159.99. Right. So it's an actual product. It's a giant box. So you've got like earmuffs, beer hat, and this
0: giant box with a Ninja Speedy. And they're all like,
1: ha ha, white elephant. I'm going to steal that. Right. One was like a picture
0: of someone in a Santa hat. Like, it was just like terrible. And then, but it was like this woman was like, no, you can't have my Ninja Speedy. Someone did not follow the rules. So to me, it was the best intentional product placement where it's like let's be silly about this we all know that this is not an appropriate gift for a white elephant Christmas party but we need to feature it and it's better than opening up the fridge and just saying like oh look there's the daisy sour cream I didn't need anything in the fridge close the door
1: and it was not directly referenced in the party I, it, I don't even think it was written into the script it was if you had not seen the movie there was no mention of like oh that's a great gift or i want that one (laughs) they're just exchanging the gifts and it happens to be there and then what follows it is a ninja speedy commercial (laughs) (laughs) like in the commercial break it it was well done well done on that product placement and also ninja speedy if you want to sponsor us because we've now said your name at least four times here we will accept a free ninja speedy i don't even know what it does but apparently (laughs) i would be stealing it from the white elephant party Um, there was a couple other, like a lot of things I wrote down were just one-liners that were really funny. So at one point she says that she has FOMO or somebody says that she has FOMO and they say, what fear of making out.
0: Yeah. It was (laughs) was one of the older women who were on the, like the Christmas committee for the HOA. Uh And she's like, I finally understand FOMO. And then they were like, do you know what that means?
1: Yeah. Fear of making out. (laughs) Um, And then Ned, our great comedic timing there, wants to, so, okay, let's, the, well, we'll get into the, the, the snowball. So they have a no holds ball, barred snowball fight. That was one of my sparky snarks. Like I want to know the rules of a no holds barred, no rules snowball fight. But speaking of snow, when they were making the snowman building contest, Ned wants to use rebar. He's, he genuinely is asking, can I use rebar to reinforce the structural integrity of my snowman
0: Ned is a nut and he is serious yeah so we've got the rebar in the snowman question we also find out because like one of the things that Lacey's character has to do is she has to do a lawn display or she'll keep getting these citations for not meeting the hoa guidelines and so she doesn't have anything for lawn displays at this point in time and ned is like i have a great set of hyper realistic taxidermy reindeer that you could use
1: and you're like, why do you have that, Ned?
0: <laughs> why? And then, like, why aren't they in your display? And then he just he... <laughs> has them on hand from a previous
1: year. Because I also imagine in this neighborhood, you have to switch it up every year. Right. You can't and just then, do the same
0: thing. And, and then with the snowman building contest, he was like, do you need a theme? Because I have a lot of hazmat and like oh my God. <laughs> suits. Like he just has weird collections and everyone's just like, no, thanks, Ned. There was something about like a post-apocalyptic oh, yeah. snowman display that's or something what, that's what he what wanted her to do. And he's like, he had
1: that idea ready to go because he like, ha- I have the hazmat suits. Right. So this could be
0: your theme. And then he also rents out Santa suits because Wes Brown becomes Santa and uh, Pamela, the other other neighbor, like made one for the wrong size because this was a last minute swap. And he has like an Elvis Santa suit he's got like all sorts of things he's like I guess we'll go classic and then he makes him sign a form he's like I'm gonna waive the deposit and I was like what shop do you run in the basement of your house Dad?
1: Ned? Ned, Ned could have his own movie and I he, would watch it but he you know he's a woke not woke but that's he's Generous. a 21st <laughs> century man 20 21st century man. But he he's in therapy and at some point somebody says to him, "Have you <laughs> yeah. ever thought about therapy, Ned?" And Ned says, "Yeah, I've been in therapy for years." And they're like, "You might want to think about a different therapist." This was in just like to all him, over the place. Like,
0: I've been thinking about putting in a retractable roof on my house. And they're like, "You need, you need a different <laughs> therapist." If that's um and
1: then also another thing about Ned. Ned has been doing this for years, right? He is he is all in on this Christmas thing with the HOA. And they do these same events every year. Christmas mm-hmm. caroling, snowman building, snowball fighting, Christmas tree lightings. So you would think, you and I, most everybody we know, knows the words to Jingle Bells. But when they are singing Jingle Bells, <laughs> that man <laughs> has gonna... to have the words up. Was it on his phone? It was, it was on a device
0: because he was like, jingle. He, he couldn't at... <laughs> sing
1: Jingle Bells without looking at the lyrics, which... You know, like normally that would be a snark. The reason this is a sparky snark, a snarky spark, is because that is a choice that someone made to be like this. Feels like Ned would be the man who can't sing Jingle Bells without the words. Like that was a deliberate
0: choice. Yeah, I, I loved it. Pamela is also just a sparky snark for me, and specifically one of my favorite moments that was just silly uh, was the cookie con, like the cookie baking contest, which mm-hmm. she wins every year for the last seven years, and surprise surprise she wins this one again and she's standing next to this wall and it has the last six (laughs) pictures and it just says Previous winner, like that's it, doesn't say what it's for, and the pictures of her are (laughs)
1: amazing. Like, if you know
0: Melissa Peterman, they
1: are just exactly what you would expect. Like, her, her all
0: of those like little moments that she does with her body, she's just such a good physical actress, and she's so
1: over the top. And yet, (laughs) she's pouring out of these still images on the wall. It's just like you can see, like, what's her name in Reba? Like, you can
0: see Barbara Jean. That's her character. All
1: right, I have one more little one liner that really just spoke to my soul which is that when they're talking about santa not being able to be at the christmas carnival so <gasps> they have to get a different oh santa. my god yes the reason <laughs> why santa can't be at the christmas <laughs> festival carnival is because he
0: broke his lap
1: <laughs> <laughs> i have so many questions we had to
0: pause and rewind to make sure we heard it correctly When we were watching this, I was like, did she just say that Santa broke his lap? I was like, yeah. I don't need to know how because it's not real. And I knew that Hallmark
1: knows it's not real. It's not a dumb reason. That is a reason that is put there to make you laugh. Don't think about it too much. It's not supposed to be thought about. I loved it. Probably my favorite Hallmark movie moment of the entire season.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely up there. All right. So now let's switch into like actual snarks. Let's start with the boyfriend because he's just outright terrible. Yes, he is. He is the worst boyfriend we've seen. Like, he's playing video games. He's like, I'm not really about fighting. I'm not really about resolving things. I'm not really into that. He's a man child. Yeah, I mean, he is like, he's just a terrible human. I also question Lacey's character why she's with him why she's with him and she just spent a crap ton of money on like a a huge number of gifts and he does exactly what it sounds like he does every time which is just ignore her do nothing responsible and she's like i've been trying and this isn't working goodbye you're we're breaking up Mm -hmm. and i was like why did you just spend all this money on gifts why not on couples therapy right or
1: leaving (laughs) because also she finds out the apartment's in her name. So she's asking him to leave. And he's like, Oh girl, when you were gone last summer and they had us re-sign the lease, I signed it. So it's actually under my name. So you have
0: to leave. Right. And And she has to leave. (laughs) And that's why she goes home uh, to the palatial house of her parents. Yeah.
1: So our next category of snark here is just this house, this neighborhood. We have a lot of questions,
0: a lot of thoughts. (laughs) It's, again, it's just so unrelatable. I mean, there are, like, outright giant Roman pillars in the living room right. of her home.
1: It's a large house. It's very modern for a house that she supposedly grew up in. I say that in all these movies. It's, it's like It's getting
0: worse, though. These
1: kids, they were living in this house 30 years ago. I don't believe that... I, I know what houses looked like 30 years ago. This is a very modern version yeah, of what a house looks it's, like.
0: It was clearly built... Very recently. And no no later than the early aughts, right? Yes. But, you know, for such a large house, the neighborhood also has the world's largest cul-de-sac. Culda-sac. So big, in fact, that is where the tree lighting happens. There's a giant ginormous Christmas tree in the center in the of, this cul-de-sac. of the cul-de-sac I mean it's not like it's one of those cul-de-sacs that has
1: a little grassy patch in the middle like a more like a roundabout right it is a cul-de-sac in a neighborhood but it is a very large cul-de-sac and it is where all of these they're not happening in a park or a community center or, or even at the clubhouse. clubhouse or whatever they're happening in the middle of the cul-de-sac the carnival is there the tree lighting is there
0: how are people getting out of their driveways? And, like, they got to have teenagers. Like, how are teenagers not just unintentionally driving into this tree when they back out? Maybe that's why the tree didn't work. <laughs> it's been hit <laughs> Someone ran over. Like, also, where's the power supplier? Who's, like, whose extension cord is running to the middle of this cul-de-sac? Because we learned
1: in no- Noel Next Door that you can't just have an extension cord <laughs> running across the street because it means
0: people will trip over it and e- sue. Exactly. So I had lots of questions about why a cul-de-sac is the center... Of the town's Christmas tree lighting festival, not just the it felt like it was like they invited more than just their neighborhood to this.
1: Right. But also the the Christmas festival stuff for this little HOA is the center of these people's lives. I mean, it is all they do. It is, it is mandated that they do Christmas stuff in their bylaws for the HOA, which now once we learn how the movie ends, there there might be some sense that this is lies to manipulate her. We'll get to that. But there is a lot of mandatory stuff going on here. The biggest of which is who has a flippin' Christmas carnival on Christmas morning. In their (laughs) cul-de-sac. In their cul-de-sac. None of these families are visiting other people. And apparently nobody's coming to visit them and having to drive through the cul-de-sac because there's a carnival on Christmas morning. I was about to use an expletive there. On Christmas (laughs) morning in their cul-de-sac. Just think about that. Think about that. How mad would you be if that was the neighborhood that you lived in? Like,
0: what if you had people trying to come visit you? Like, we're going to my dad's for Christmas. Where would we park? Right. Well, and we talk a lot about
1: how weird it is that there's so many Christmas Eve events that happen Mm -hmm. in these movies because they love the idea of Christmas Eve. And then most of these movies don't really even get into Christmas Day, except for as an epilogue. Right. But like... Even Christmas Eve is kind of a sacred time. You don't schedule things. Maybe you go to church because people go to church. Mm-hmm. And you're spending time with family. Nobody's going out or going anywhere. Who is having a neighborhood Christmas carnival at that time? Nobody would come. People would be mad. They'd reschedule it. You do those things like the first week in December.
0: I guess maybe like the wealth of this neighborhood, just they have more free time. I I don't know. I would think that those are the people that are going skiing in Aspen. Or Maybe something. they just have helicopter pads in the back, and they that's and how they, they get just in and peace out. And yeah. then leave. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, so yeah. So this whole neighborhood, and then the way the movie ends, we get through all of this rigmarole for Lacey to demonstrate that she can actually keep up with the HOA guidelines, and then her parents are like, "Your Christmas gift is the house." And this was all like a training to try to see if you're ready to take it over. It was like a Willy Wonka and the Chocolate fact, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory thing where it was like, he always knew he was going to give it to Charlie, but he made him go through all these stupid tests mm-hmm. to do it. And like, why are we put like, because the parents... Decorated the house before Lacey came home. And then undecorated And then undecorated the house for Also, when did they come up with this plan? Because she she had a breakup. Like, they must have come up
1: with it spur of the moment when she called them and said, I'm coming home. And they were like, oh, yeah, okay, let's hatch a plan.
0: And then they decided to leave. Because it was like, were they always going to Florida? I can't imagine. Like, how did they book last minute? There are so many. They also, for people that loved Christmas as much as they did,
1: they were really committed to this manipulation because they skipped out on, like, their favorite. Thing to make this happen
0: for, for their daughter. So, to me, the parents' manipulation is one of the biggest snarks of this whole movie. And it's a huge red flag. It is huge. So, like... I mean, like I can't imagine the strings that they're going to have on her for like, yeah, we gave you a multimillion dollar house for Christmas. So you have to do X, Y and Z now
1: you have to do the the neighborhood Valentine's tree lighting. <laughs>
0: There's going to be something
1: for every oh my God, holiday. That would be horrible. <laughs> Uh. so we had questions about this whole event, though, because we want to know the parents were clearly in on they orchestrated all of this. So a lot of it makes sense The things that we might have snarked on, but it's like, okay, this was the parents making this stuff up. But then we have questions about who is in on it and how much. So like, was the rest of the town in it? So on the lot of things that we saw them do were because they know that they're trying to manipulate her into taking over the house and moving into right, the Right, because like
0: everyone seems to be like whispering and conspiring like, oh, she's here. Oh, like and they're a gossipy crew. And did they know just like
1: one little bit like, yeah, we're trying to convince her to move into the house. Or were they part of a heavily orchestrated
0: plan to get her to move into the house? Right, because there just was a lot like I was in a suspense thriller while I was watching this of like, are they like going to do something to get her? It, were they trying to set her and Wes Brown up? up like where they i couldn't tell if it was were they just trying
1: to get her to move into the house were they getting yeah. her to fall in love with west brown does west brown know jared whatever his name is in the movie does he know is he in on it or is he also not in on it because they needed him to be pure of heart and mind to fall for her authentically like, i don't
0: know because i hit like at some point i was like maybe west brown's character is too extreme as the new president of the hoa because he's kind of intense right was he extreme because he needed to be to play his bit right I, or was he extreme because that's just how he is and i don't know and, and it's so unresolved
1: i can't tell you what i think about his character and snark
0: on it yeah unresolved and it and it bothered me tremendously and there's also something up here so pamela mm-hmm. at one point in the movie she tells somebody mentions how many times she's won the Christmas cookie contest. And she said, I've won it every year for the last six or seven years. But she definitely says at least six, if not seven. And the number of photos on the wall equaled that number of years. Then Emily, Lacey Chabert's character says, how long have you lived here? And Pamela says, five years. So how has she been winning? And then... Lacey finds a box that has all the photos that she took from the Polaroid she got that one Christmas for the one gift she got to open on Christmas Day because her parents wouldn't let her celebrate Christmas like a normal child. I'm still mad about that. (laughs) And sees a picture of Pamela. So our
1: conspiracy heckles are up when we saw that because we were like, oh, okay, so she's in on something or there's some backstory. No, it was never there was never anything with that because I was like, maybe she's a plant. Maybe she's I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I was like, the movie will just tell me what
0: to think. Are they all ghosts? Like, what's happening? Like, is this a cult? Like, what have you been like? What's happened here?
1: One thing we've been talking about all season is how much all of these Hallmark movies are one move away at all times from being a completely different genre. And usually that genre is horror. Yes. And this is one where we are one, you know, you could get 20 minutes into the movie or even 50 60 minutes into the movie think you're watching a hallmark rom-com and then realize no in fact there's a seedy underbelly here and you better watch out run away run away fast you know it's like we could go that direction
0: definitely and it was like this one bordered on like truman show psychological thriller vibes which is not necessarily what i want for christmas it felt ominous bubbling under the surface the whole time and it's because of all the unanswered questions right and it's like so some of it was clearly just to like be funny moments but some of it i'm like i don't know that you served a purpose other than to make me uneasy because the whole time i'm just like what are they up to what are they gonna do to her or him who's in on it we don't know
1: but to kind of close out on some of the lighter things we did have some baby snarks that follow you know we have there's a lot of those big big snarks about um this creepy cul-de-sac land that may or may not even be an alternate dimension but within that there were just some traditional hallmarky snarkable moments that come with low budgets um props departments the props. setting the, the, the snow
0: people so let's there there are two baby snarks worth mentioning in this one because they are so like they are so obviously bad moments mm-hmm. let's start with the town or the cul-de-sac all helping her put up Christmas decor so she'll stop getting citations. They go into this pristine garage with well-labeled Christmas boxes and they're pulling them down.
1: And the boxes make a sound like they're full of jangly ornaments, even though they're clearly empty. It is
0: clear that there is not a single thing in the box except for one box.
1: They take it down. It goes jingle, 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 like it's full of ornaments and... What is inside of it? There's
0: a 36-inch nutcracker. And we know this because Wes Brown's character measures it later because there's a height <laughs> requirement for the nutcracker. I'm glad you remember that. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's a nutcracker that doesn't actually fit in the box. They have all of this gorgeous the labeling. The lid is popped open <laughs> on one
1: side so his head could stick out. And, and it's, it's like all fit. that's inside of that box is that one nutcracker. There's so much empty space in there. And it jingle dangled. Like,
0: why? <laughs> yeah, it was so that was hilarious it was worse than like clearly an empty cup of coffee that someone's drinking from these were empty boxes with sound effects to make you think they were full and then improper storage of a nutcracker when it's the only thing it was just like okay come on try a little bit harder
1: but related and speaking of improper storage um it is revealed that the father because you you know you, you wonder where they they hide all of their christmas ornaments and he's like well i have a secret storage unit in an undisclosed location and it's and when they go to it it is a massive storage unit and we know how much storage units cost i mean this is probably a several hundred dollar a month storage unit that this man has that he has been hiding from his wife to host all of the christmas decor that the wife doesn't know that he's hiding there (laughs) and i was like That's another manipulation. Like this is falling under that umbrella of a family that is just not talking to each other about the things that they should be talking about. Um, And he's paying hundreds of dollars a month. This wasn't a small one.
0: This was a ginormous, like
1: thinking of how much we paid for our storage unit. That has to be a very expensive storage unit. I mean,
0: clearly they can afford it if they're going to just give away a multimillion dollar home and then buy another home in Florida, but still the fact that you're keeping that from your wife is a problem, even though we do find out she knows about it, but then she never tells them that she knows about it. Like, what is going on, family? So people need to talk to each other. They need, they need to go to Ned's therapist. No, not, Ned's, not
1: therapist. Ned's therapist. They need to go to a different, <laughs> everybody in this town needs they a must therapist. Be, if
0: they are in therapy, they're clearly going to Ned's therapist who does nothing for nobody. Right. That's, their, that's actually on their business card. It's the
1: Santa <laughs> with the broken lap as their therapist. <laughs> What's the physical therapy oh, he for that? His lap, actually. <laughs> yes, you know, it's a, he sprained his lap. Actually, he sprained his lap. Um, um, and then the other, ooh, yeah, baby snark snow snowman. Take the baby us away snark us for and, sure
0: is. Um, they have a snowman building event that then leads into the no holds bar snowball fight. Let's start with the snowball fight and then we'll talk about the snowman. So
1: clearly, all of the snow related items in this movie are not where they spent their money, as per usual. Per use, and uh, They spent their money on Melissa Peterman, on Ned, whatever the actor's name is, on Lacey Chabert, and on, the, on writers. the writers. You know, they spent their money elsewhere in promotion and marketing.
0: And here's the thing. Money well spent. Totally agree they, with that choice. They did not spend it on snow or CGI. So they are clearly throwing, like, the, the snowballs that you can buy at the store now that are, that just, are just, like... like soft, felty balls. Yeah. And they're just like chucking those at each other as if it's real snow. But the problem is they clearly have like 20 plus snowmen on this street, which is a lot. And they are not even like styrofoam. They, they are terrifying looking. They, they, they are like giant spherical <laughs> balls stacked that are plastic looking. And not only that, the one that's between Emily and Jared's character while they're like having a flirty snowball fight moment is then like CGI'd with snow texture on it.
1: So someone when they were post-production for this movie looked at it and goes oh man these snowmen look like crap because we could (laughs) see that they look like I mean they look like just smooth round white balls on top like of it. Like a each yoga other. ball. Like, yeah, I mean they do not they look so clearly fake and there's just like tons of them because it's a contest. So clearly when they filmed it, that's what they had in between them for this conversation. Mm-hmm. So they they were trying to fix it in post, I assume. I, I can't imagine this was the original plan. I think it was a this snowman looks so bad we have to try to fix right. it it's with CGI. So they CGI'd the snow on top of it but then like when Lacey's like reaching around like you could see her hand going like through the CGI <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. it's
0: just like the cgi was so bad and then they did it they, looked like cgi it looked really it was like fake. kind of shifting like it made it look green screeny yeah and then they didn't do it on all the snowmen so you clearly had these like plastic ball snowmen the yoga ball snowmen and then this terrible cgi so it, it was, was some <laughs> of the worst snowman
1: uh, stuff I've seen.
0: And I, I don't think that that was intentional. I think it was because they realized how bad it looked yeah. and they had to fix it. And their fix was still terrible. So homework, they had, clearly had the bad snow team on this one. The
1: bad snow team was here. Yeah.
0: Um, so I think that kind of wraps up our snarkadoodles.
1: Our snarkaronis.
0: <laughs> as we lovingly call them.
1: So let's roll into will this love last, Austin?
0: I think that this love will last.
1: I do too. I said, I think it will last because they laugh together. We actually saw them laugh and enjoy each other's company.
0: They lo- They really liked each other when they were kids, right? They, yeah, they have a shared like history. We have, we they have, know each other. So we've got that child. Tr- they're both like really into Christmas. And even if someone falls out of love, I don't think you can leave that neighborhood very easily until you find someone else to take over your home. And we know that Emily puts up with a lot of crap. Yeah, I mean, like the last boyfriend is so terrible. Wes Brown is like the the pinnacle of great boyfriends, right? He's he's going to be great for her. She he could play video games. all And day. he has a good job. He's an architect, as we find out, who does interior decorating. It sounded like like he's doing like miniature remodels. But it doesn't matter because if he's doing them in this neighborhood, he's clearly making millions because these homes are ridiculous. So yes, I think this love will last. So what about the title review, Austin? Do you think this title is appropriate and good? No, I think it's a terrible title for what the movie is actually about.
1: It's Hall Out the Holly. It's
0: not haul Out the Emily, which is what our character's right. name is. Right, I <laughs> thought her name was
1: going to be Holly. And there is they don't even sing the Hall Out the Holly, do they? I don't remember. I don't,
0: think, I don't remember it being what they sang Jingle Bells.
1: I mean, I guess it's like they're decorating, but the movie title really has nothing to do with the movie.
0: No, I feel like um, if I was going to rename this movie, I would want to do something like this should have actually probably been called The Christmas House because mm-hmm. this was more Christmas House than
1: Ooh, last the Christmas
0: year's. Christmas cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you could have sack in the title of a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you sack. know what? How about inheriting Christmas? Because she has to inherit this whole Christmas culture. The Christmas HOA. <laughs> um the 36 inch nutcracker no that's too niche <laughs> it's
1: too specific i think i think i'm gonna go with christmas hoa is my preferred okay. title
0: for this or ho-a. ho ho HOA, <laughs> <laughs> ho 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 there we go i'm sticking with that one that's my vote <laughs> ho
1: ho H-O-A. ho 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 yeah that's it <laughs> And then sparks and snarks. What are our overall spark and snark ratings? um, We normally do
0: this out of five. I give it four on sparks, maybe Uh, even a five. uh, It's it's a four and a half on the sparks for me. The kiss was good at the end. It was actually romantic. It was right. I I think if we we had a resolved, if we had a resolved plot, I would give this five.
1: You know, I'm feeling generous. Let's do five sparks for the. All right, we're gonna round up to five. I love
0: it. Let's do it. And then snarks. It's definitely at least three snarks because this is where I want to go Four. All right. You know what? I was leaning. I was like, is it more than three? But it's like, you got to know that like two of those are like sparky snarks. Mm -hmm.
1: But I think, I think it's a snarkable. I mean, it's maybe not snarkable in the like, Ooh, Hallmark didn't intend this to be snarkable. Mm-hmm. But I think I think there's there's content here. Obviously, and, we picked it out of that weekends lineup. And there were houses. a
0: lot to choose from.
1: There there was some snarkability this weekend.
0: Um and that's the beauty of our snarks. Snarks can be a good thing. They can also be a bad thing. And, and they were good. And yeah, this was the good kind. This was the well, well, this is the annoyingly
1: Annoyingly good good time not even the watchable it goes beyond watchable watchable on purpose all the way up to we would rate this as annoyingly good
0: it's one that if you're gonna pick a few movies to watch out of the 40 something that they do every year this this is one you should do
1: Mm -hmm. and we would watch this one again absolutely Mm -hmm. um if this came on tv i would i would
0: i would watch agreed so um with that well one last reminder to please follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and if you haven't already drop us a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcast. it would be a lovely christmas gift for us oh, if you it. could merry give us christmas. a rating <laughs> so um with that being said i've been tara i've been austin merry christmas and happy holidays